It's April the 3rd. Let's read the Bible. Welcome back, friends, to this year-long adventure through the Word of God from Genesis to Revelation in just one year. Here we are early in April, and we've already gone through Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy, Joshua, along with Matthew, Mark, and the first 30 Psalms. So we are just moving right through at a good clip. We're right on track. God willing, by the end of December, we're going to come to the end of the Bible, end of the book of Revelation. Now, today we're in Judges 9 through 12. Before I jump in, let me say thank you to those of you who have joined us on this journey. Let me ask you to do two things that would help us greatly. Number one, if you like these videos that you're watching, would you please click the like button, whether it's on Facebook or YouTube or Rumble? The number of likes as that rises, uh, somehow through the magic of the algorithm, these videos get sent out to and seen by a lot more people. Second thing, if you're watching on YouTube or Rumble, would you subscribe to the Keep Believing YouTube channel or the Keep Believing Rumble channel? Again, as the number of subscribers rise, somehow through the magic of the algorithm, when the subscriber numbers get bigger, these videos are seen and exposed to far more people. So that's two things you could do. We, we do need your prayers, obviously, and your encouragement. Thank you so much for all your comments. But if you like the videos, I mean, if every single day you'd hit the like button, that'd be a great way you could help us and also subscribe to YouTube or to Rumble. Now today, Judges 9, 10, 11, and 12, we've been talking about this cycle of disobedience, decline, defeat, desperation, and deliverance, and then starts all over again. You're going to see that a couple times in today's reading. We're going to begin by talking about the worst of all the judges. He's the anti-judge. He is a really sorry character. There's not one good thing to say about this fellow Abimelech. He's really more like an anti-judge than a judge. He's the only judge who never delivered God's people. So we begin to read in Judges chapter 9. Bimelech, son of Jeroboam, went to Shechem and spoke to his uncles and to his mother's whole clan, saying, Please, speak in the hearing of all the citizens of Shechem. Is it better for you that seventy men, all the sons of Jeroboam, rule over you, or that one man rule over you? Remember, I am your own flesh and blood. His mother's relatives spoke all these words about him in the hearing of all the citizens of Shechem, and they were favorable to Abimelech, for they said, He is our brother. So they gave him 70 pieces of silver from the temple of baal Bareth. Abimelech used it to hire worthless and reckless men, and they followed him. He went to his father's house in Ophrah and killed his 70 brothers, the sons of Jeroboam, on top of a large stone. But Jotham, the youngest son of Jeroboam, survived because he hid. Then all the citizens of Shechem and of Bethmilo gathered together and proceeded to make Abimelech king at the oak of the pillar in Shechem. When they told Jotham, he climbed to the top of Mount Gerizim, raised his voice, and called to them, Listen to me, citizens of Shechem, and may God listen to you. The trees decided to anoint a king over them. They said to the olive tree, Reign over us. But the olive tree said to them, Should I stop giving my oil? The people used to honor both God and men and rule over the trees. Then the trees said to the fig tree, Come and reign over us. But the fig tree said to them, should I stop giving my sweetness and my good fruit and rule over trees? Later, the trees said to the grapevine, Come and reign over us. 
But the grapevine said to them, Should I stop giving my wine that cheers both God and man and rule over trees? Finally, all the trees said to the bramble, Come and rule over us. The bramble said to the trees, If you really are anointing me as king over you, come and find refuge in my shade. But if not, may fire come out of the bramble and consume the cedars of Lebanon. Now, if you have acted faithfully and honestly in making Abimelech king, if you have done well by Jeroboam and his family, and if you have rewarded him appropriately for what he did, for my father fought for you, risked his life, and rescued you from Midian, and now you have attacked my father's family today, killed his 70 sons on top of a large stone, and made Abimelech, the son of his slave woman, king over the citizens of Shechem, because he is your brother. So, if you have acted faithfully and honestly with Jeroboam and his house today, rejoice in Abimelech, and may he also rejoice in you. But if not, may fire come from Abimelech and consume the citizens of Shechem and Beth Milo, and may fire come from the citizens of Shechem and Beth Milo and consume Abimelech. Then Jotham fled, Jotham fled, escaping to Beer, and lived there because of his brother Abimelech. When Abimelech had ruled over Israel three years, God sent an evil spirit between Abimelech and the citizens of Shechem. They treated Abimelech deceitfully so that the crime against the 70 sons of Jeroboam might come to justice and their blood would be avenged on their brother Abimelech who killed them and on the citizens of Shechem who had helped him kill his brothers. The citizens of Shechem rebelled against him by putting men in ambush on the tops of the mountains and they robbed everyone who passed by them on the road. So this was reported to Abimelech. Gaal, son of Ebed, came with his brothers and crossed into Shechem, and the citizens of Shechem trusted him. So they went out to the countryside and harvested grapes from their vineyard. They trampled the grapes and had a celebration. Then they went to the house of their God. And as they ate and drank, they cursed Abimelech. Gaal, son of Ebed, said, Who is Abimelech and who is Shechem that we should serve him? Isn't he the son of Jeroboam and isn't Zebel his officer? You are to serve the men of Hamor, the father of Shechem. Why should we serve Abimelech? If only these people were in my power, I would remove Abimelech. So he said to Abimelech, gather your army and come out. When Zebul, the ruler of the city, heard the words of Gaal, son of Ebed, he was angry. So he secretly sent messengers to Abimelech saying, beware, Gaal, son of Ebed and his brothers have come to Shechem and are turning the city against you now tonight. You and the troops with you come and wait and ambush in the countryside. Then get up early and at sunrise attack the city. When he and the troops who are with him come out against you, do to him whatever you can. So Abimelech and all the troops with him got up at night and waited in ambush for Shechem in four units. Gaal, the son of Ebed, went out and stood at the entrance of the city gate. Then Abimelech and the troops who were with him got up from their ambush. When Gaal saw the troops, he said to Zebul, Look, troops are coming down from the mountaintops. But Zebul said to him, the shadows of the mountains look like men to you. Then Gaal spoke again. Look, troops are coming down from the central part of the land, and one unit is coming from the direction of the diviners. So Zebul replied, What do you have to say now? You said, Who is Abimelech that we should serve him? Are these the troops you despise now? Go and fight them. So Gaal went out, leading the citizens of Shechem, and fought against Abimelech. But Abimelech pursued him, and Gaal fled before him. Numerous bodies were strewn as far as the entrance to the city gate. Abimelech stayed in Arumah, and Zebal drove Gaal and his brothers from Shechem. The next day, when the people of Shechem went into the countryside, this was reported to Abimelech. He took the troops, 
divided them into three companies and waited in ambush in the countryside. He looked, and the people were coming out of the city. So he arose against them and struck them down. Then Abimelech and the eunuchs that were with him rushed forward and took their stand at the entrance of the city gate. The other two eunuchs rushed against all who were in the countryside and struck them down. So Abimelech fought against the city that entire day, captured it, and killed the people who were in it. Then he tore down the city and sowed it with salt. When all the citizens of the Tower of Shechem heard, they entered the inner chamber of the temple of El Barith. When it was reported to Abimelech that all the citizens of the Tower of Shechem had gathered, uh, then it was reported to Abimelech that all the citizens of the Tower of Shechem had gathered. So Abimelech and all the troops who were with him went up to Mount Zalmon. Abimelech took his axe in his hand and cut a branch from the trees. He picked up the branch, put it on his shoulder, and said to the troops who were with him, Hurry and do what you have seen me do. Each of the troops also cut down his own branch and followed Abimelech. They put their branches against the inner chamber and set it on fire. About a thousand men and women died, including all the men of the Tower of Shechem. Abimelech, Abimelech went to Thebes, camped against it, and captured it. There was a strong tower inside the city, and all the men, women, and citizens of the city fled there. They locked themselves in and went up to the roof of the tower. When Abimelech came to attack the tower, he approached its entrance to set it on fire. But a woman threw an upper portion of a millstone on Abimelech's head and fractured his skull. He quickly called his armbearer and said to him, Draw your sword and kill me, or they'll say about me. A woman killed him. So his armor bearer ran him through, and he died. When the Israelites saw that Abimelech was dead, they all went home. In this way, God brought back Abimelech's evil, the evil that Abimelech had done to his father when he killed his 70 brothers. God also brought back to the men of Shechem all their evil. So the curse of Jotham, son of Jeroboam, came upon them. End of the chapter. Abimelech was no good. And in the end, he died. The citizens of Shechem died. And it was a terrible bloodbath. But it, the curse of Jotham, who actually is the one righteous man in this whole chapter, everything he said came true. Be sure your sin will find you out. Judges 10. After Abimelech, Tola, son of Puah, son of Dodo, became judge and began to deliver Israel. He was from Issachar and lived in Shamir in the hill country of Ephraim. Tola judged Israel 23 years, and when he died, was buried in Shamir. Tola was a good man. After him came Jair the Gileadite, who judged Israel 22 years. He had 30 sons who rode on 30 donkeys. They had 30 towns in Gilead, which are still called Jair's villages today. When Jair died, he was buried in Kamon. Jair was also a good man. So he had one terrible man, Abimelech, and then Tola and Jair, two good judges. Then the Israelites again did what was evil in the sight of the Lord. They worshiped the Baals and the Ashtoreths, the gods of Aram, Sidon, and Moab, and the gods of the Ammonites and the Philistines. They abandoned the Lord and did not worship him. So the Lord's anger burned against Israel, and he sold them to the Philistines and the Ammonites. They shattered and crushed the Israelites that year, and for 18 years they did the same to all the Israelites who were on the other side of the Jordan in the land of the Amorites in Gilead. The Ammonites also crossed the Jordan to fight against Judah, Benjamin, and the house of Ephraim. Israel was greatly oppressed. So they cried out to the Lord, saying, We have sinned against you. 
We have abandoned our God and worshiped the Baals. The Lord said to the Israelites, when the Egyptians, Amorites, Ammonites, Philistines, Sidonians, Amalekites, and Mayanites oppressed you and you cried out to me, did I not deliver you from them? But you have abandoned me and worshiped other gods. Therefore, I will not deliver you again. Go and cry out to the gods you have chosen. Let them deliver you whenever you were oppressed. But the Israelites said, we have sinned. Deal with us today as you see fit. Only rescue us today. So they got rid of the foreign gods among them and worshiped the Lord. And he became weary of Israel's misery. The Ammonites were called together and they camped in Gilead. So the Israelites assembled and camped at Mizpah. The rulers of Gilead said to one another, which man will begin the fight against the Ammonites? He will be the leader of all the inhabitants of Gilead. Judges 11. Jephthah the Gileadite was a valiant warrior, but he was the son of a prostitute, and Gilead was his father. Gilead's wife bore him sons, and when they grew up, they drove Jephthah out and said to him, You will have no inheritance in our father's family, because you are the son of another woman. So Jephthah fled from his brothers and lived in the land of Tob. Then some worthless men joined Jephthah and went on raids with him. Sometime later, the Ammonites fought against Israel. When the Ammonites made war with Israel, the elders of Gilead went to get Jephthah from the land of Tob. They said to him, Come, be our commander, and let's fight the Ammonites. Jephthah replied to the elders of Gilead, Didn't you hate me and drive me out of my father's family? Why then have you come to me now when you're in trouble? They answered Jephthah, That's true, but now we turn to you. Come with us, fight the Ammonites, and you will become leader of all the inhabitants of Gilead. So Jephthah said to them, If you are bringing me back to fight the Ammonites, and the Lord gives them to me, I will be your leader. The elders of Gilead said to Jephthah, The Lord is our witness if we don't do as you say. So Jephthah went with the elders of Gilead. The people made him their leader and commander, and Jephthah repeated all his terms in the presence of the Lord at Mizpah. Jephthah sent messengers to the king of the Ammonites, saying, What do you have against me that you've come to fight me in my land? The king of the Ammonites said to Jephthah's messengers, when Israel came from Egypt, they seized my land from the Arnon to the Jabbok and the Jordan. Now restore it peaceably. Jephthah again sent messengers to the king of the Ammonites to tell him, This is what Jephthah says. Israel did not take away the land of Moab or the land of the Ammonites. But when they came from Egypt, Israel traveled through the wilderness to the Red Sea and came to Kadesh. Israel sent messengers to the king of Edom saying, Please let us travel through your land. But the king of Edom would not listen. They also sent messengers to the king of Moab, but he refused. So Israel stayed in Kadesh. Then they traveled through the wilderness and around the lands of Edom and Moab. They came to the east side of the land of Moab and camped on the other side of the Arnon, but they did not enter into the territory of Moab, for the Arnon was the border of Moab. Then Israel sent messengers to Sihon, king of Amorites, king of Heshbon. Israel said to him, Please let us travel through your land to our country. But Sihon would not trust Israel passed through his territory. Instead, Sihon gathered all his troops, camped at Jahaz, and fought with Israel. Then the Lord God of Israel handed over Sihon and all his troops to Israel, and they defeated them. So Israel took possession of the entire land of the Amorites who lived in that country. They took possession of all the territory of the Amorites, from the Arnon to the Jabbok and from the wilderness to the Jordan. The Lord God of Israel has now driven out the Amorites before his people Israel. And will you now force us out? Isn't it true that you can have whatever your God Chemosh conquers for you, and we can have whatever the Lord our God conquers for us? Now, 
Are you any better than Balak, son of Zippor, king of Moab? Did he ever contend with Israel or fight against them? When Israel lived 300 years in Heshbon and Aral Er and their surrounding villages and in all the cities that are on the banks of the Arnon, why didn't you take them back at that time? I have not sinned against you, but you are doing me wrong by fighting against me. Let the Lord who who is the judge decide today between the Israelites and Ammonites. But the king of the Amorites would not listen to Jephthah's message that he sent him. Now pause here to say, Jephthah's quite a character. He, in some ways, he's, he's like, a, like an Old Testament gang leader, son of a prostitute, kicked out of his own family. Worthless men gathered around him, leading raids. But boy, when he negotiates, I mean, he's like, He's laying down history to the king of the Ammonites. Now watch what's going to happen. Verse 29, the spirit of the Lord came on Jephthah, who traveled through Gilead and Manasseh, and then through Mizpah of Gilead. He crossed over to the Ammonites from Mizpah of Gilead. Jephthah made this vow to the Lord. If you, in fact, hand over the Ammonites to me, whoever comes out of the doors of my house to greet me, when I return safely from the Ammonites will belong to the Lord, and I will offer that person as a burnt offering. Jephthah crossed over to the Ammonites to fight against them, and the Lord handed them over to him. He defeated 20 of their cities with a great slaughter, from Arrow Air all the way to the entrance of Minith and to Abel Karamim. So, Karamim, so the Ammonites were subdued before the Israelites. When Jephthah went to his home in Mizpah, there was his daughter coming out to meet him with tambourines and dancing. She was his only child. He had no other son or daughter besides her. When he saw her, he tore his clothes and said, No, not my, not my daughter. You have devastated me. You've brought great misery on me. I have given my word to the Lord and cannot take it back. Then she said to him, My father, you have given your word to the Lord. Do to me as you have said, for the Lord brought vengeance on your enemies, the Ammonites. She also said to her father, Let me do this one thing. Let me wander too much through the mountains with my friends and mourn my virginity. Go, he said, and he sent her away two months. So she left with her friends and mourned her virginity as she wandered through the mountains. At the end of two months, she returned to her father, and he kept the vow he had made about her, and she had never been intimate with a man. Now it became a custom in Israel that four days each year, the young women of Israel would commemorate the daughter of Jephthah the Gileadite. It's one of the great questions that gets asked. Whatever else you want to say, this vow was stupid. It was stupid. It was foolish. Was he was he thinking an animal would come out, offer an animal? It was still foolish to say that, dangerous and reckless. And people wonder, did he actually offer his daughter as a sacrifice? Completely forbidden, completely forbidden by God. Or some other people say, that the, the offering was that uh, he, he, he and that the vow was that not that he would take her life, but that she would be a perpetual virgin. She would never know a man. She could never be married, um, judged and forced that way. I don't know. I don't know. Let's, let's read on, and we'll say one other thing at the end of chapter 12. Judges 12, the men of Ephraim were called together and crossed the Jordan to Zaphon. They said to Jephthah, why have you crossed over to fight against the Ammonites, but didn't call us to go with you? We will burn your house with you in it. Then Jephthah said to them, 
My people and I had a bitter conflict with the Ammonites. So I called for you, but you didn't deliver me from their power. When I saw that you weren't going to deliver me, I took my life in my own hands and crossed over to the Ammonites, and the Lord handed them over to me. Why have any of you come today to fight against me? Then Jephthah gathered all the men of Gilead. They fought and defeated Ephraim, because Ephraim had said, you, Gilead, you Gileadites are Ephraimite fugitives in the territories of Ephraim and Manasseh. The Gileadites captured the fords of the Jordan leading to Ephraim. Whenever a fugitive from Ephraim said, let me cross over, the Gileadites asked him, are you an Ephraimite? If he answered no, they told him, please say Shibboleth. If he said Shibboleth, because he could not pronounce it correctly, they seized him and executed him at the fords of the Jordan. At that time, 42,000 from Ephraim died. Jephthah judged Israel six years, and when he died, he was buried in one of the cities of Gilead. Ibzan, who was from Bethlehem, judged Israel after Jephthah and had 30 sons. He gave her 30 daughters in marriage to men outside the tribe and brought back 30 wives for his sons from outside the tribe. Ibzan judged Israel seven years, and when he died, he was buried in Bethlehem. Elon, who was from Zebulon, judged Israel after Ibzan. He judged Israel 10 years, and when he died, he was buried in Ajalon in the land of Zebulun. After Elon, Abdon son of Hillel, who was from Pirathon, judged Israel. He had 40 sons and 30 grandsons who rode on 70 donkeys. Abdon judged Israel eight years. And when he died, he was buried in Pirathon in the land of Ephraim in the hill country of the Amalekites. What are we going to say about Jeff? What a foolish vow. What a foolish vow. And yet, and yet, and yet, God honored him. You know how I know that? First of all, he used him to deliver Israel from the Ammonite. That's clear from this story. And you keep on reading. Well, later this year, we're going to get down to the book of Hebrews. And guess who shows up in Hebrews 11, the Hall of Fame of Faith? What shall I say? For time will fail me to tell a Gideon, Barak, Samson, Jephthah, Jephthah, Jephthah. God honors faith more than anything else. God honors faith. He's looking for men and women who will trust him, who will believe him, who will stand on his word and live by his word and act on his word. God honors faith. There's the word for today. Go out, friends. Have a great day. Let's be men and women who are known for our faith that we believe in the living God. We trust in him. Go out and have a great day. You've got to come back tomorrow because tomorrow, the Bible bus is going to stop at the house of Samson. You just won't believe the story. Have a great day, folks. Come back tomorrow. We'll see you then.